It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning. Happy Thursday. Welcome into the program. We've got a lot to discuss with you. And the phone lines will be open later on at 508-996-0500. Uh, because the first hour here, I was I was hoping that we could do this live. Um, but... School kids have to be in school. Uh, so instead, it was pre-recorded yesterday, but I'm going to play for you an interview that I conducted yesterday afternoon. So we've been hearing a lot about what's been going on in the old Rochester school system, especially at old Rochester High School. Uh, you've heard Joe Pyers, school committee member, on with Barry. You've heard him on with Phil. And I know a lot of you have called in regarding some of the topics that he was discussing on the air. And... What I wasn't hearing were the voices of the students that are affected by this. And so I reached out to, uh, and actually I've been trying to get one of the students to come on for a while, but of course, kids are way busier than adults. <laughs> They've got so many things going on and it's hard to, to be able to pinpoint a time. So I was finally able to get uh, this person to come on. And they brought someone else with them to give us some insight into some of the topics that are being discussed about the old Rochester schools, such as the controversial books in the library, such as trans students and whether or not non-trans students, I guess cisgender students, feel safe in the bathrooms, uh, whether or not there is racism in the school. And uh, I was listening through to Joe's appearance with Phil uh, last week and... He made some very bold statements, so I asked the students about some of those statements, and uh, and I wanted to play this for you. So as you hear this in hour number one, just be aware that you can't call in and talk to the kids. It's pre-recorded. We'll take a couple of breaks during the discussion for commercials, but generally I'm going to play it for you. This is the interview in its entirety. I just basically you know cut it into three parts to make it so it could fit around the commercials, and uh, so let's go into this discussion right now. Okay, we are joined now by Alia Cusalito and Bella Doyle, who are two students at Old Rochester High School, who are going to explain to us, from a student's perspective, some of the things that go on in the school and kind of give us some inside perspective on some of the claims that have been made lately regarding some of the things that are happening in the school. So thank you both for joining us, and uh, I'm going to give each of you a chance to kind of introduce yourselves and tell us about what you're involved in and, and why this topic matters to you. So Alia, if you want to go first. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm Alia Cusolito. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm actually the president of the GSA club at the high school. I've been a big part of the club since my freshman year, and I also started the one at the junior high when I was there. And then on more of a national level, I'm also co-president of a nonprofit called Queer Youth Assemble, and I also do local work with other organizations. So I'm I'm really passionate about advocacy, but also just want to share my experiences as a student from my perspective. And, and Bella, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. So I'm Bella Doyle, and I'm Hispanic and Latina. I was 
adopted when I was seven months old from Guatemala. And so my parents are white and I don't really have a lot with the culture necessarily, but I do feel like it's very hard for, um, for being someone of color. And so I am in a group at school called BIPOC and I am trying to start a club again um, with help from Alia um, called Bring Change to Mind. And that's it, really. So, I, and, and I think, you know, having two students who are very active in issues in school. So, you know, we're going to be talking about some spe- some specific issues here. But I would say that you have a pretty good finger on your pulse of what goes on in the old Rochester school community. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's get into some of the things that have been talked about because, you know, it's it's – it's like you see in those in those movies that they make about teenagers where the teenagers start flipping out at one point and saying, why is everybody talking about me instead of asking me what I want? And that seems to be the case that's been going on in these discussions. It seems like there's been a lot of talk about what it is that you have to endure in school, but nobody's even asking you about what it is that you have been enduring. So one of the things I'll bring up first, because this seems to be the thing that has grabbed hold the most of folks, is the idea that there is pornography in the school library because of one particular book. Uh, I know that a couple of different books have been mentioned as possibly being removed from the library, but this particular one is called Gender Queer. Unlike most of the people that are railing against the book, I've actually read it. Uh, I know that you have read it, Alia. So yeah, I have. It, do you, would you portray that book as being pornography? I absolutely would not. I actually really love that book. Um, and it's definitely not appropriate for, say, elementary school kids, but that's not what we're talking about here. So I think that the level the level of fear and anger that people have towards that book is completely unwarranted. Um, I know that there are some maybe sexual scenes in it, but they're depicted in a very healthy way. And actually, one of the main scenes that's constantly being discussed is a scene where one of the characters stops in the middle of something they're doing, says that, actually, I don't like this. Can we do something else? And the other person completely listens to that, stops what they're doing, and it's a really good portrayal of consent, which we don't even get in our own school sex ed classes. So that kind of portrayal of that experience in a book is really important, and it's not at all going to harm someone because it's not something, you know, dangerous. It's it's a really healthy portrayal of that kind of thing, which people our age, unfortunately, are sometimes experiencing whether or not they should be. Um, so having those kinds of those kinds of um, books in school can be helpful for people. Absolutely. And see, and that's what, what bothers me about some of the comments that have been made. So, uh, you know, I don't want to single out one particular person in the opposition to this book, but since Joe Pyers made himself the center of, of this debate, uh, I will point out to specifically to his, his statements that he's made. And he described this to Phil Paleologus as being a, a handbook for, for this, these type of sexual interactions. And I agree with you, Alia. It's it's the kind of book that is exploring, and, and, it, and it's a true story, as the author has gone through what they have gone through in their lives. I, I should say what he went through. Um, but it was a matter of kind of sharing that journey to say it's okay if you don't have heterosexual tendencies. It's okay if you don't have homosexual tendencies. It's okay if you don't care about sex at all and you're asexual. And I think that it gives you, as you mentioned, a much more healthy and accurate portrayal of what a teenager's, you know, questions may be going through that that awkward time in life. Yes, it absolutely does. And again, it's a graphic novel, so 
things have to be depicted visually. And, uh, you know, I didn't find it to be done in a tasteless way. Uh, there's no actual nudity in the book. It's, in fact, so the scene has been portrayed in some of the comments as two boys performing oral sex on each other. And in actuality, it's two people who at the time were identifying as women who are utilizing a sexual aid uh, to try and go through this process and to see, you know, if, if it's something that, that attracts them. So, you know, right out of the gate, if you're coming at it with misinformation, I'm, I'm just going to think that either you want to be ignorant to what it is or you're coming at it with an agenda. Let me ask you, uh, with the students that you've talked to about it, is that book something that a lot of students have read? Is it something that has been a lot of discussion amongst the student body? I think, to be completely honest, there was no discussion about the book until people like him started bringing it up. Um, of course, that's not it's not only him, but, you know, everyone who's upset about the book, um, no one, none of my friends had even heard of the book except for maybe one or two until he started talking about it. And now we've all read it. Um, so I'm not sure if that was their goal, but we love the book. So it's definitely gotten out there a lot more since the efforts across the whole country, really, to ban this book or to get it taken out of schools. And we've all loved it and really, really felt represented by it. I actually cried the first time I read it, which seems kind of silly, but I had no, never I, seen I myself too. represented in that way. I really connected super closely with the author because I identify as a lot of the same, you know, with a lot of the same experiences that the author does. Um, so I had never seen that pic depicted in a book and I really connected to it. And also the emotions connected to how many people are trying to take this out of our schools when I'm feeling so represented by it. That's, you know, it's a difficult combination of feelings but right it's it's basically you know if you don't have a healthy outlook toward it and if, you know obviously you're somebody who has gone through this and has confidence in who you are other kids your age probably aren't feeling that same way so if you see somebody saying this book that represents you shouldn't be in our library it's it's a de facto way of saying the way that you are and the way that you want to be don't belong in our schools yes that's completely the message that it feels like it's sending because there are I don't want to name other books, but there are other books, even in our own curriculum, that I would feel are significantly more inappropriate. Um, and there is no discussion about those books whatsoever. And that's because they don't focus on queer characters or on characters of color or any other sort of marginalized group. So they're seen as perfectly fine. We don't need to worry about it. That's just what we read. It's, it's classics, you know. Um, so the fact that these books are being targeted when there's others that I feel are really more inappropriate is honestly hurtful and it's clear what their actual agenda is that their issue isn't with the sexual nature they're trying to find an excuse to just take these books out of our schools well and, and the conversation that's been had is you know it's okay if students are like this we would never want to stand in the way of anybody being who they are individually they just don't need to have a book about it in the library so to me that hits my ear as you can be whoever you want to be we just don't don't be public about it like just pretend like it's not happening because it makes us some people uncomfortable yeah definitely all of us um as students, we often aren't heard and are represent are we aren't represented in our curriculum. So having these books, even if they're just in the library, is super important. And also, so many of our classmates are constantly harassing us and treating us terribly. So even them reading these books might give them a little insight into what our lives are like and have them be able to understand us and empathize with our experiences and be less cruel in general. Um, and you know, a different aspect about all of this this. Um, anger and the attempt to take the books out of the libraries is that it really seems completely unnecessary because there is a process where parents are free to email the school and tell them, I don't want my child to read this book. And the librarian will say, okay, no problem. I won't let your child check out this book. 
having that control over other people's choices and other students' and families' decisions is ridiculous. They should be able to decide, oh, yeah, my child can totally read this book. They're represented in this, or they're just free to read this because I don't find it inappropriate. But if any individual parents are concerned about it, then they can make that decision for their own family. I, I feel really hurt by the fact that they want to take that opportunity away from other parents to make that choice. And let's talk realistically. A parent says, I don't want my child to read this book. They contact the library. The library puts them on a list of kids that can't check out that book. That's not going to stop the kid from reading the book. They're going to go and buy it for themselves on Amazon, or they're going to go on to their town library website and be able to read the ebook version of it for free, and nobody will ever know, their parents will never be any of the wiser that they read it. Yeah, that's, that's a really important part of it, too. Something that I brought up a couple of times is that when you take something out of a school, then that means that you're removing the the connection to the resources that are available in school. So if a student is reading it or getting it somewhere else and then needs to talk to somebody about it because they're unsure of what they read or they're feeling uncomfortable, now they're not in school. So now they might reach out to someone online or they might have nobody to go to for help or no resources. But if they're getting it from the school library, then when they're returning the book, they can say to the librarian, oh, I felt a little uncomfortable. Like, could we talk about this? Could you tell me, like, what does this mean? What can I learn from this? Or I don't I've realized that maybe I feel unsafe in my own life or I feel like I'm discovering something about myself. Can you help me with this? And they, there's resources in school. There's counselors. There's social workers that you can go to. But if you're getting it online or somewhere else because the parents have decided they don't want it in school, then now you don't have those resources if you need them. And one of the points I've tried to make uh, on, on my show is that there's a lot of people who say, well, if the parents want the kids to read it, the kid can ask the parents if they can read it. But a lot of times that book, Genderqueer and spe- uh, specifically, is a book written for people that don't know how to approach their parents with that topic. So it's almost like saying, I want you to bring up the really uncomfortable thing to ask permission for the really uncomfortable thing rather than say, I need something that helps me learn how to bring up the really uncomfortable thing. Yes, definitely. So, and again, I, I don't want to harp too much on the book, but I want to address a point that was made by Joe Pyers with Phil where he said um, two things. One, there are signs pointing to what the most banned books are in the library. Is that true? Is there a sign pointing to where people can find this book? Um, it's it's not exactly the way he said it. There was There is a section in our library where it's kind of a group of books that have often been banned, but they aren't things that are like currently banned at our school or anything like that. You're it's talking nothing, like Catcher in the Rye and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Similar things that have maybe been banned across the country for reasons that our school doesn't see as a reason to take them out of our school, maybe in more really, really conservative areas, things like that. So they're saying these are books that have been banned, maybe because they have controversial viewpoints. And it's important to get those, you know, diverse views of opinions from books. So here's where you can find these books and see what you think about them. Um, But there's nothing that's currently banned from our school or has been taken out of our library. It's nothing against our school policies. It's just kind of sharing books that have been banned in other areas. And there's no sign saying like, you know, read this book here. Like, here's the book everybody's talking about. Come check it out. Like that No, kind of it's stuff. not trying to cause controversy or anything. Another claim that was made, too, is that um, teachers are assigning these books as part of classwork, that they're assigning you to read them, assigning you to write reports on that. Is that true? That really surprised me when he said that, because as far as I know, I have never read a book in any of my classes throughout my entire school career that has queer characters focused in it at all. There's been a few books with BIPOC characters. None of the books on the list that have been requested to be reviewed and possibly taken out of our library, I don't know of them being used in any classes. So it's definitely possible. I don't want to rule it out and then find out that I'm wrong. Sure. But as, as far as I know, they're not used in any classes. And I don't think I think they're definitely not part of the standard curriculum at all.
And even even if they were, I'm sure a student that had an issue with having to read that book for classwork could go to the teacher and say, I have an issue with this particular book and just be assigned something else. Yeah, definitely. Most teachers are really understanding. I know there's sometimes if there's any topics in class that could be hurtful to people, they mention, hey, we're going to be discussing this topic, such as, you know, if there's something relating to suicide or anything like that, the teacher will say, hey, this is a sensitive topic. If you want to step out of the room or you don't want to be part of this discussion, feel free to. And then some students will leave. I've done that recently, actually. So if you don't want to read a certain book or you don't want to do something, most teachers are going to be really understanding about that. And there's there's leeway. All right. So there you have the first uh, section of the discussion. And again, we're going to do this in three parts because I needed to leave room for the commercial breaks. Uh, but uh, we will take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk some more with them. Uh, we'll talk about the bathroom issue. Some of the claims that are made about whether or not uh, there's and, and the bathroom issue struck me right away because, you know, I remember when I was in school and I'll talk about this a little bit in the interview, I think. But when I was in school, there was, you know, there were people outside the bathrooms at, at Wareham High. We had multiple bathrooms in the building, but only one group of bathrooms was open during the day and you had to go in and check in with the monitors that were sitting out there. And like the teachers would switch out every hour. So, you know, nobody had to sit there the whole day, but it would be part of their monitoring duties. Like sometimes you would have study hall. Sometimes you would have bus duty. Sometimes you would have sitting outside the bathroom. And I thought that that was kind of still the process in place. You know, here I am not thinking that that was 25, 30 years ago. And now that's been replaced with technology. So you'll hear about that too. And then a little bit later on, the discussion shifts to the claims of racism in the schools. But right now, we got to take a break. Uh, obviously, because this is pre-recorded, we are not taking phone calls during this hour, unless we come up with some time at the end. But you can send in your app chat messages on the WBSM app. And what a surprise. What a surprise. The comments that are rolling in are attacking these kids. I thought you were going to talk to regular students, not activists. Well, who do you think is going to speak out about it? Just because they're the ones that are coming forward and saying, hey, this isn't the way that it is, doesn't mean that their opinions are invalid and they're, what they're presenting is invalid. Somebody else, oh, well, of course you're going to have kids with an agenda. You know who else has an agenda? The people on the other side. Joe Pyers and the people who think the same way he does, they have an agenda. So nice attempt to try to dismiss what these kids are saying, but I'm sorry, you got to listen to it. You got to hear both sides before you can make your decision, before you can make your mind up. We'll take a break and be right back. 1420 WBS. They wanted to attack me. I don't have time this hour to be able to put you on the air. And I know you said that you don't have the chance to call back in the next hour, but maybe you can in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, you know, we'll keep the phone lines open after that. But let's get right back to the interview with our two students from Old Rochester who are giving us the students' perspective, uh, Alia Cusalito and Bella Doyle. And back to the conversation. And, and Bella, I want to bring you into this portion of the conversation, too. Uh, so a big part of the discussion has been, excuse me, uh, Joe Pyer said that a young lady approached him and said that she can't use the girls' room because she's afraid a boy will follow her in there. And so I'd like to get kind of both of your uh, approach to just, first of all, Bella, tell me how the bathroom system works at Old Rochester if somebody has to leave class or in between classes has to use the restroom. Yeah, so we have like an e-hall pass. That's the name of it and teachers have us make a pass and usually only one person at a time can leave the classroom so it does when there are too many people at a bathroom no one else can go 
So there's a bathroom in each hallway that we have for different subjects. And basically, you make the pass to the bathroom, and you go, and then you come back. Um, and there's a boy's bathroom and a girl's bathroom. So, And then there's also bathrooms near guidance that are gender neutral. So, so, in, so if that's the case, could somebody sign out in the classroom and then say they're going to the boys' room and then walk into the girls' room? Would that be something that's possible? It's definitely possible, but there are, like, usually there are security cameras in our school. Um, not in the bathrooms, but outside, outside of, them. of them. And so you can see who, like, walks into the bathroom, but I definitely don't think any boys would think to go into the girls'. Well, and that's a question I have for both of you. Obviously, you don't know every kid in school yeah. and, and their intentions, but I feel like this being brought up makes it sound, it's almost impugning some of the boys in the school that there would actually be this desire of, of these kids to go into the girls' room. That's, that's definitely true. Um, and I think the topic that he's bringing up is really trying to put the, the pressure on trans people because he's clearly saying that, you know, trans girls are going to try to go into the bathroom. He did use the completely incorrect language for that, but that's what um, he was trying to suggest and other people were trying to suggest when these concerns were raised. Um, but the, the topic doesn't really make sense to connect those two things because, yes, there are boys in our school who have sexually harassed people, not in the bathrooms that I know of, but it's possible. But that is not related to people being allowed to go into the bathrooms because even before there has been a discussion in the, across the country about trans people in bathrooms, anybody can walk into any bathroom they want to. Like the door is not locked from the outside. You could walk in if you wanted to. So the, the school policies around who's allowed to which, use which bathroom doesn't relate to that. That relates to just individuals. If teachers notice that, oh, that person's going to the bathroom and should not be in there, then they need to stop them or, you know, discipline someone. But that's not related to trans people just peacefully going to the bathroom in any way. Um, and relating to the gender neutral bathrooms, which I know were also brought up in that topic, um, because I guess the student said that she couldn't use the gender, gender neutral bathrooms because it would make her late to class. Um, that also doesn't make sense to me because we're actually not allowed to use the bathrooms during passing times. Mm -hmm. So you could not possibly be late, be late to class because if you were, that would mean you were breaking a rule. So um, if someone's using the bathroom during class, then yes, it's possible it could take a little bit longer to get to the gender neutral bathroom, but there is one on both floors um, due to the advocacy of the students such as myself. And, and what teacher is going to fault you for that if that's the bathroom that you chose to go to? I mean, I would feel like, you know, you would want to be understanding of that situation. And it's, it's not like somebody's out there dawdling in the hallway, you know, yeah, and, and refusing to go back to class. Yeah, and you, you have the sign out and sign in time electronically logged. So they're going to know if you were, you know, if it's reasonable that you were actually going to that particular restaurant. Yeah. But it's also difficult because recently bathrooms have closed in our schools due to other issues such as vaping and such. So right now we only have like two bathrooms available. And sometimes I've noticed myself that people have made passes to use, like, the boys' bathroom so they can get a pass, like girls making a pass to the boys' bathroom so they can get to the bathroom, but they go to the girls'. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of also difficult because you can never tell on the system because of how it is. Um, so sometimes it can be very difficult for teachers to know like where everybody is at sometimes. I mean, I know the school time is a, you know, at a premium now with everything that, that has to go on in school, but may, maybe having monitors sitting outside the bathrooms 
could allevi- alleviate some of these issues and, they, and certainly could prove if there is an issue. They did have some teachers at one point, I think, earlier this year. Yeah, they've, they've, they've um, cycled in and out of different systems because, the, honestly, the big issue in the bathroom right now is vaping. It has nothing to do with gender or anything. Yeah. It's people vaping in both bathrooms, in all of the bathrooms. Um, obviously like, not us because we are yeah. very frustrated by this, but um, there are certain students who have been vaping and causing issues for the rest of us because then the school closes certain bathrooms so that they're able able to monitor the other ones more closely because they don't have enough staff to monitor, monitor all of them at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so they monitor some of them, and then since some bathrooms are closed, now more people go to use the gender-neutral bathroom, which makes it harder to access that for trans students like myself who actually need to use that one because I don't feel comfortable in either of the other bathrooms. But what I do want to bring up is that any student is welcome to use the gender-neutral bathroom. So if someone is concerned for her safety in the bathroom for any reason, um, even though I haven't heard of any dangers, if she's feeling uncomfortable, she can use that bathroom. And it's a single-use bathroom. There's a lock on the door. Nobody else is in there at the same time as you. Um, and everyone is welcome to use it. So I really don't understand what the issue is there that's being discussed. I don't know what changes they want to see made. Um, because the school policy is that, you know, you can use the bathroom that you identify with and just use the bathroom for its purpose. There's well, the, nothing nefarious there. The only real change to it that could be made would be to say that, you know, you're going to the bathroom that you were biologically assigned at birth, which is, you know, a much bigger problem yeah. and, yes. and, and is, would just be a horrendous policy. That's a opinion. huge problem. And also, um, I think if they'd made that change, they would then regret the change because I know that I have some friends who are trans and Um, have actually transitioned to the point where they now completely pass as the gender that they identify with. So, for example, if you then have a trans man who was technically assigned female at birth but looks completely like a man, if you change that policy so that now everyone has to use the bathroom assigned with their sex at birth, then now he would be in the women's bathroom looking completely like a man and being a man, and that would be the correct thing according to that policy, which is honestly ridiculous. I want to get into one thing before we run out of time here, too. And, and uh, Bella, I'm going to go with you because uh, you have some personal experiences in this regard. But let me give you the statement that was made by Joe Pyers on Phil's show. I'm going to say it loud and clear. Racism was not an issue in our school until now. This is suggesting that until these issues were brought forth, that there were no issues of racism at Old Rochester. Yeah, so racism has been going on for years and years and years, and... Of course, it became more of a big, big ordeal uh, with the Black Lives Matter group and such. But it's not just with that, because there's multiple different scenarios that happen at school also with people just calling others out. And like they're calling, like, they think, oh, because this person is a different color, like, they must be this way. I had been called out kind of as, like, I would have a quinceanera because I'm Hispanic and Latina. And so, like, in my Spanish class, I was called out for that by, like, my teacher. And it was very difficult for me because I, ever since I was, like, little, I always thought this would never happen to me. I never thought racism would be a thing. And, like, obviously that sounds silly, but I didn't know much about it then. And so now getting into that it's like difficult because people get called names because sure they're that color and they're and this person is that color so oh i'll just call you this name because you look like them well and and i think i think somebody might hear that and say 
well, that's not racism. That's just a, an assumption somebody made, but that's more racial insensitivity. But yeah. really, you know, racism is in the heart of the person that, that is having it happen to them. Yeah. And so racial insensitivity is racism. I mean, it, it should just making that assumption shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And so like, I was really upset about that. And it was hard for me to cope with because I didn't know what to do because it had never happened to me. Um, I didn't feel comfortable going straight to my parents or to the school. So I dealt with it for a little bit. And then I finally did talk about it. But nothing at first, like, happened with that situation. I kind of just let it go. But then earlier this year, I dealt with another situation where two students had started calling me Dora from Dora the Explorer because I'm a person of color. I have nothing else in in common with her except for being someone of color and I don't speak Spanish like of course I would love to but ever that ever since that incident I've had trouble in Spanish class so um I dealt with that I've had trouble because with those comments that were said in class and out of class it was very hard for me to want to go to school because it's very upsetting to be called these names for no reason and only the only reason to them is because you're someone of color. Yeah, because you're different. And and so I think, you know, somebody that supports some of these changes being made, somebody who sides with, with Joe Pires, really, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, they hear your comments and they say, well, you know, he's right. It, it's, it's everybody bringing up all these racial issues that are putting it in the front of people's minds. But it sounds like what you're saying is, no, this, this is independent of the fact that races, racial discussion has been happening. Definitely. Uh, would you actually say that since it has been brought up and since people have been talking about it since George Floyd, since Black Lives Matter, has it gotten better or has it gotten worse? That's a that's a tricky question, because it's like definitely I feel like people are more aware of the issue going on with it all but at the same time it's like you put more thought into it and put more of a perspective and think oh yeah that's right like people of color shouldn't be doing these things they shouldn't be with these people they shouldn't do that stuff because of the color of their skin and a lot of this happened like way back with like Martin Luther King and things changed from that but now with these more things change. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, anytime the topic comes up of, of any of these types of prejudices, it's kind of an unfortunate byproduct that talking about the prejudices are going to reinforce those in the minds of some people that already have them, but the hope is that more people will hear about it and then won't have them. Yeah, and not only that, but um, one thing that people often don't recognize is that once you start talking about a problem, you can identify it more and more around you, and that's how you actually address the issue. Because if we just continue to go about like nothing's wrong, then you don't you don't address the issue, but also you're not talking about the issue. So they say, oh, you're talking about it so much more. Now there's more problems. Well, no, you're just hearing about the problems now because people feel safe to actually speak up. Yeah. So that's a good thing that people are speaking up. That's what happened with me. This happened like a co- like last year, a couple of months ago, and I didn't feel comfortable at first because I was scared to go tell someone because I thought nothing was going to happen. I thought it would just make things worse. And because there's not a lot of like signs or anything in the hallways of the school that show like you have support, you have these people to go to. You don't see a lot of that. You see a lot of like drama club and sports and such. We don't really see a lot of messaging about where you can go for help and that 
we will take these things seriously and that we will help you deal with this, which I feel like needs to like needs to change because I feel like it's not all about sports. It's not all about drama club. There's so much that talks about that and not enough with people of like gender, sexuality, people like BIPOC and the books, the the bathrooms, all of it. There's not enough like clear messaging about it. And I think that's what needs to change. I think there needs to be more clear messaging. And I even feel like students in middle school need to be taught some more things before they enter high school. And I think you've got a great opportunity now, since it is a topic of conversation in town and in the three towns, now is the time to start saying like, okay, give us some resources then help, you know, put some money toward uh, clubs such as the GSA or put, you know, multicultural clubs. Let's have more of a representation in those offerings because that can help, you know, teach people these prejudices that they might have that they don't even realize that they have. Yeah, because we're happy to like help. We, Alia and I both want to help show that this is a problem and that we need to change. And everybody, like everybody deserves to have a good experience in high school. Um, some people drop out because of stuff like this and some people even feel like they need to escape from it such as suicide which is just awful to think about because it's like we could have stopped this we could have prevented these things from happening if we just were like treating everyone equally we're going to pause right there because we have to take another break when we come back on the other side we'll wrap up the discussion with alia and bella And uh, again, we'll take phone calls in the next hour. I'll read the app chat messages that are coming in in the next hour. Uh, But right now, we'll take a break and be back with more in just a few moments. 1420 WBS with Alia and Bella. And let's play the final segment right now. Well, before we let you go, if uh, either of you just have anything else that you want to share with the audience. I have um, a short list of just some ways that people can get involved if they're interested in helping with any of these topics. So one is just familiarizing yourself with the books that are being discussed because so many people are talking about it without ever actually reading the books. And that just makes the discussion get more heated and more uninformed. So I recommend people read them. They're also really great books. Most of them um, that I've read have all been amazing. Um, Also, keeping an agenda, keeping keeping an eye on the agenda for the school committee meetings. Um, So if there's any sort of item on the agenda, which is relating to these topics, to try and show up and show your support. Um, But don't take over too much of the open comment time if there's any students there who want to speak. Um, And also just try to be aware of the protocols. If you're having an issue with the school, make sure you're following the protocols because there's some people who have been upset about change not change isn't happening but it's because they never actually you know filed an official complaint or followed the correct protocols so they're just kind of screaming into the void and hoping that somebody will answer them um when there's school committee elections coming up i really really hope that people will vote in them because there are some people on our school committee who are not supportive of what the students want um these elections are happening in may so i really want to emphasize that you can vote in those if you are old enough and registered and it's really important it affects our schools a lot And if anyone really wants to get involved even more, they could run for school committee themselves. Um, This is obviously a very daunting task, but, you know, some folks might be interested. Um, And then just generally staying connected with everyone around you to see how you can help one another. We're not all in this alone. We can support each other when we're having difficult situations. And the most important thing that I really want to emphasize is always centering student voices like you're doing right now. I really appreciate this. Um, because at the end of the day, no matter how many angry parents or random community members are showing up, we are the ones who are affected by these decisions and by their actions. And we are informed 
and understand our own experiences and we are responsible enough to know what we need and to speak for ourselves. Um, and then also just on a bigger level, I'm actually working currently on organizing a national march, um, including in D.C. and every other state. So if anyone is interested in helping out with that, it is in support of queer and trans youth and prioritizing our voices. So that's what I'm working on. Is there a way people can reach out to you for that? Um, Yeah. So our website is queeryouthassemble.org or people could email me, but I think saying my email will be kind of long. So uh, that's probably the best way to find us. Sure. And uh, so I want to thank you. you, Sorry, I didn't want to give you you a chance to add anything. (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to make sure that the school does help you. It there are people who do help it's just about also going for support and trusting them like i had trouble going because i didn't feel i thought it would just make things worse but they did do like they did take precautions and like they suspended the students for a period of time which i thought was very helpful for me at that time because it was very difficult and i didn't like how they were still there and um even though they that has happened, it still has it still continues with me. It still happens. I still hear stuff. I still see stuff, um, which is why I feel like there should be more awareness in the school. And so, like like I said before, Ollie and I, we want to help. We want people to feel comfortable in the school. We want to be able to show that everybody is welcome. And I think that's just a really big um, thing that needs to change. So. That's mainly it. I just wish these things didn't have to happen to us because it's like everybody at OR and every just everybody in general deserves to have a nice ex- life and experience in high school. And just on a personal note, I know your superintendent. You know, he's a Wareham guy originally. <laughs> I know the way that he grew up and I know the, you know, the way that he was taught on the football field and everything and, the, and his coach. And I know the kind of person that he is. And I'm sure, you know, he's there supporting yes. and he wants to be there to help as is so many of the folks that I know that work in that school system. Yeah. So absolutely. I want to thank you both for coming in and for sharing your perspectives with us. And let's let's not make this a one-time thing. Let's stay in contact. Yes. And, you know, yeah. our, our microphones are always open for you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. All right. That was uh, Alia Cusolito and Bella Doyle from Old Rochester, two students offering a student's perspective of some of the controversy that's been going on. Got to take my final break. We'll be back in a few moments. Hi, it's Susie. We can take your phone calls on the interview we just played. And I will read.